Welcome all to our day two of our Navigating Life seminar stream. Thank you for all coming. Um, today we will be talking about career paths. And when we talk about career paths, I think career paths is such a great way to talk about how we can do God's work. So today we've got this young man here, Matt Phil. <laughs> Round of applause, please. Matt runs the ID internship and he's involved a lot with that coming out of school, going into internships and into the church. So he's going to talk to us today about career paths and how that is in relation to God and how we can use that to do God's work. So I'm going to pass over to Matt and Matt is going to lead us in today's seminar. Cheers, Owen. Oh, thank you. Morning, guys. You having a good new day? Yeah, I'm having uh, a complex new day. I'm here with my three kids. So it was very sweet that Owen called me a young man. That's done me a lot of good. That's picked me up for the day. I'm, uh, I'm a dad. I've got a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old. So new day is something. Endurance. Um, it's a joy to be in the common room with you guys, uh, Elwin and his team are serving you really well. It's a joy to come and hang out with these guys. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to come and chill in here, but come and chat to them because they're great guys, they're a lot of fun, and they're going to help you navigate New Day. And chat to them about what's going on in life. You know, this, uh, this seminar series is on navigating life. And I think I'm a big believer in just chatting to people about the big decisions that you've got coming up, getting some wisdom from people. So come and chill in this space and uh, share what's going on, ask some questions, get some godly insight from these great people. I want to have a conversation with you guys today about career paths and work in general and get us thinking about that. Now, I'm a, a strong believer in like... Uh, it going back and forth. So I want you guys to do lots of talking in this session, yeah? I don't want to just monologue at you all. I've got some things to say, and I really believe that Jesus is going to speak to some of us today. He's the great shepherd. It's one of the things Scripture says about Jesus. He's a shepherd. And one of the things that shepherds do is they, they guide and they direct their sheep. And as I was praying about this, I just got this deep sense that he is a shepherd and he loves his sheep and he loves you. And Jesus is delighted to guide you. Um, there we go. Um, I'm based in Cambridge. I'm at City Church. I'm part of the leadership there. Um, I'm married to Laura. I mentioned about the three little crazy ones earlier on. Um, and for my work now, in fact, my wife was teasing me. She was saying it's a bit ironic that I'm doing this seminar because my job is I run a gap year. I wanted to help you think about careers, but I actually uh, spend my time helping people take a year out of career to serve the church. Uh, so I run something called ID, and we're here promoting this week. You can come chat to us in the depot sometime. If you're at that stage of life, coming up to 18, not sure what you're going to do next, want to spend some time growing in your faith, go on a bit of an adventure, come chat. We can find something for you. But, yeah, careers. Uh, I want us to start off. Just turn to the person next to you, and I want you to, to answer three things. What would be, like, your complete, wild, like, fantasy job? Yeah? fantasy job what would be your like realistic dream job and what would be your like worst case scenario take me now lord job yeah okay so fantasy job realistic dream job worst case scenario job i want to hear a few answers let's have some fantasy jobs like complete wild let's let's have some people shout what was that oh what 
astronaut, very cool. My son would agree, absolutely. Um, cool, I thought you said father-in-law. I'm like, that's weird, man. <laughs> A- astronaut, very cool. That's like high quality fantasy. Uh, let's have some more. Racing driver, yeah, fun times. Anybody else? You'd be a singer. Yeah. Oh, mate, this sounds great. I'd buy your albums. Can you actually sing? Okay, beautiful. Beautiful. Um, okay, let's have some ladies. What would be your dream, your fantasy jobs? A florist in Italy. Okay, I think that's in the realms of possibility. No? Okay, unless you've got like hay fever or something like that. Um, okay, uh, anybody else? One more lady? Dream job? Artist. Yeah, again, I think you can do that. You aim for that. Okay, fun. I'd be a film director. I still think I can be, but my wife's like, it's past, love, stop. Okay, uh, and realistic dream job. Like, this is what you actually, you're gunning for. Let's hear some of those from people. Lawyer, who said that? Yes. What kind of lawyer are we talking about? You don't know, just... That's great. That changes people's lives. That's huge. Uh, what about other people? Yes. Biomedical scientist. You're super clever. Great. Cool. Awesome. Yes. Racing driver. <laughs> I like what you did there. Yes. Actor on a detective show. Oh, yeah. Cool. Grand. Very good. I like detective shows, so you could come for that. Uh, one more? Yes. Engineer. Great. Good stuff. Uh, what's my, like, I'm still growing up. I'm still working out what I want to be when I get older. Uh, I think, for me, I'd like to be like a, I'd like to keep being a church pastor, and I'd like to write some books for some people. That's me. Uh, okay, worst case scenario job. Like, Lord, no, please not this. What would it be? Doctor. Is that for your sake or for the people you'd be treating? <laughs> I would go to prison very quickly, is what he's thinking. Anybody else? Working at sewage works, nasty. Someone's got to do it. I mean, I'm thank the Lord for them, but okay. If you've got a keen sense of smell, that is not for you, is it? Anybody else? Office jobs, yeah, okay. That's kind of me. I think for me, I was thinking about this earlier on. I think working in the office at a mayonnaise factory would be my worst nightmare. And there's a lot of complex things behind that, and you can talk to me about it later if you need to. Okay, so, um, you guys have been coming up through school, through college, um, and I imagine you get the question, like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What career are you going to go after? Again and again and again. You probably get it from teachers, you probably get it from aunties, like... You know, from the time you hit like 14 through to kind of, well, in my case, 35, that question just keeps coming at you again and again and again. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What's the career? Um, and that's, that's fine. It's all well and good that, you know, the people who love us, the people who are caring for us, teaching us, are asking that, trying to help us think that through. But, you know, maybe there's some deeper reasons for thinking this stuff through. Now, I'm not assuming everybody in this room is a, a believer and follower of Jesus. I hope that a number of us here are just checking some things out, visiting New Day, and I'm super, super grateful that you are in this room. Um, but what I want us to do in this, in this conversation is to think, okay, if I'm following Jesus, what does that mean for my career and my work? 
how does that change the game? Does it change it at all? So, I want to get you into like, I don't know, into, into small groups. And some of our common room gang will come around and hang out with you. Uh, spend a minute or two thinking, why is it important to think this topic through as a Christian? Why is it important to think about careers and work as a Christian? Okay, let's, uh, let's, hear, some, let's hear some answers back from people. Why is it important to think this question through as a Christian? Oh, that was a really rich answer from down at the front here. So, God has got a plan for our lives. Like, the Lord knows us. He's made us. He cares for us. He wants our lives to matter. Uh, But also, you were saying, like, the Lord sees the bigger picture. I think that's really, really, like, wise. Like, the Lord sees the bigger picture. He knows the twists and turns of our lives. Um, And the way he wants to grow us and use us. And sometimes we think we're going to be doing this and the Lord takes us in a completely different direction. Um, and so being open, you know, open to surprise is a, is a thing we can do as Christians because we trust that those surprises are going to work for our good. Even the twists and turns. Great answer. Let's have some more thoughts. We were like wowed by the wisdom down at the front, so we were all a little bit nervous. Red cap at the back says the blue t-shirt's got some wisdom to share. Yeah. Oh, man. Jesus is so annoying like that, isn't he? You know, here I am thinking I'm going to get me a job, earn me some money, have a nice house, maybe get some fancy stuff, shiny things. And then the Lord's like, actually, I've got some good things for you in serving other people. And our lives, when we're following Jesus, they're not just about ourselves. We've been bought with a price. We're about serving him and he's about serving other people. Yeah, that changes the direction. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think it's really important that we kind of, what you've just mentioned there is kind of counterintuitive, isn't it? You know, like, I want shiny things. Jesus is asking me to take a different path, and I trust him that it's going to be more worthwhile. But actually, you know, in order to kind of arrest that kind of attraction to shiny things in myself, you know, I need to trust him, and I need to Give some time to thinking this question through. And man, there's so much pressure on us, isn't there? You know, like all the time we're seeing what the good life looks like. You know, when we're watching Netflix, when we're on our phones, you know, we're seeing prosperity and all of that good stuff. And we can be kind of drawn towards that and think, actually, I just need to get a career. I just need to get a good salary. I need to get secure. I need to have a good house, all that stuff. And actually, we've got we've to stand against that kind of tide you know, the world's pushing us in one direction, and Jesus is going to invite us into some adventures, which mean we have to kind of push against that, which is why we need to think this through. Also, God cares about every area of your life. The God who we come to know in Jesus is the God of all things, cares about every part of his creation and every area of your life. There's no area that he's not interested in. There's no area he doesn't want to come and bring fullness of life. He doesn't, no area he doesn't want to come into and turn the volume up and make it sweeter and better and more of a blessing to you and to other people. And so this is what theologians say is there's no sacred secular divide. Do you guys get what I mean by that? It's not as if like what you do at church is the sacred holy stuff and then what you do nine to five and the rest of the week doesn't count. 
because that's just secular stuff. No, Jesus cares about every area and he wants to bring his blessing and work his kingdom into every corner of your life. This is why we've got to think this through. And actually, as you open the Bible, you study the scriptures, work is a big theme which is kind of there from the very first few pages and it goes right through to the end. And the Bible says that work is a good thing. Work is a good thing. It's something which is going to bless you and bless others. It's a part of how God made us as human beings, men and women. So, let's chew on that for a little bit. Why don't you turn to the gang around you and be like, ask this question. Why is work a good thing? What's good about work? And, you know, now's the moment to air those kind of moments of like, ah. I kind of don't like work. I'm a more of a Sunday afternoon kind of person. Uh, what's good about work? What's good about work? Let's give you another three minutes to chew that. Yes, there we go. Um, absolutely great. Yeah, work's a good thing because it puts you in places and you can have an influence. That's massive. What else? Yeah, lady at the back. Yeah. Yeah, it gives you purpose and direction. When I was, let me think, I was 22, I had like six months of unemployment for various different reasons. And it sucked, absolutely sucked, just directionless, purposeless. You kind of think, yes, I'll have all this time to, you know, binge my favorite series. No, it sucked. Because I didn't have that purpose, you know, that day-to-day kind of thing to orientate my life. Yeah, massive. Um, what else? Why does work good? There's too much wisdom down here. We can come to back in a second. But let's, yes, go on. Yeah, it keeps you resilient. Just all the kind of character stuff. The work grows you in, in a way that nothing else can. This is brill. One more? Yeah. Yes. Teaches you discipline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Helps you grow in that stuff, for sure. If you've got a Bible... Open up Genesis 1. A bit closer? Yeah, okay. Now, we've not not got time to read the whole of chapter 1 and 2, but chapters 1 and 2 in Genesis have got a lot to say about work and, and going to give us some big picture stuff to help us think about careers. So Genesis 1, we've got the story of how God made the world. And let's not get kind of hung up on the, on the kind of the small print, the six days, the questions about that stuff. I love that stuff, but that's another time. Big picture of Genesis 1 is that God makes the world and he, and he makes it with a purpose. Everything in the world has purpose. And God makes the world so that it, it does its stuff. God delegates. He gives to the things that he creates a role to play. So if I think it's like verse 24, God says to the earth, let the earth bring forth living creatures. God gives a role, a responsibility to the the elements of the natural world. A couple of verses later, God speaks to the stars and he says, gives the stars some responsibility. The stars are to measure the days and the weeks and the months and the years. And then, jump down to verse 28, God creates human beings in his image, male and female, in the image of God, and he makes them with dignity and purpose. 
And that purpose is to steward, to rule, to look after creation, to care for it. In Genesis 2, God makes a specific uh, safe place in the world. He calls it Eden. It's a garden. And he puts man and woman in the garden to work it. And that is to keep it, to look after it, to keep it a good place. Stop it from going rotten and wrong. And then jumping back to Genesis 1, God says to, to Adam and Eve there in that garden, he says, go and subdue the world. And let me just think about that word subdue for a second. So let's say Elwyn here was getting a bit rowdy at New Day and I had to get the common room team together and I said, we've got to subdue that boy. What does that imply? What is the common room team going to have to do? And what's Elwyn doing in response? <laughs> Put him in the fridge. Yeah, that'd subdue him. <laughs> um, if he needs subduing, is that going to be an easy thing? What's it going to require? A bit of, bit of effort, a bit of work? Is he going to, you know, just be like, throw his hands up and be like, yeah, sure, here I am, take me away? Or is he going to push back a bit? He's going to push back a bit. I just look at him. He's got some fight in him. So right there at the beginning of the Bible, God makes man and woman, and he gives them this purpose to go and look after the world, but the world is going to need subduing. They're going to have to put a bit of effort in. There's going to need to be discipline. There's going to have to be work. Sometimes we kind of think that when God made the world, he must have made it in such a glorious state that we didn't have to do anything. It was, you know... Uh, I was going to come up with some cocktail, but I don't really drink cocktails, so I just I don't have a name to, you know, whatever your favorite drink is, deck chairs, all that stuff. No, when God made the world, he made it so that there was, a, there was still work to be done. Human beings had a role to play. And so there is something about being human that means we were made to work. We were made to put the work in, to give energy and effort. We were made to stretch ourselves and to grow and to make a difference to the world, to our communities and the institutions around us. And if we're not doing that, then we are living a less than human life. Yeah? And so as you think, how do I live like a full life? Work and career is going to be a part of that. It's a good thing. We become more human as we work. We achieve stuff. And there is a wonderful feeling when you achieve something. Just a real satisfaction. I've put the work in and I've changed something. Makes you feel good. And that's not like just a kind of mistake of evolution. That's how the Lord wired you. There's joy as you learn stuff, as you grow, as you stretch yourselves. I'm sure you guys have experienced some of that in your life, but there's more of that for you to come. Work's also a good thing because excellence is a good thing. You ever heard the expression, you know, if you're going to do a, a, a job, it's worth doing it well? Like, Scripture says this. This is in Proverbs 22. Do you see a man or a woman skillful in their work? They will stand before kings. They will not stand before obscure men. Doing a good job brings, like, recognition and respect. And that's not a bad thing. For, like, a, a job well done, there's something beautiful and God-given about that. And work touches people's lives. 
This guy was kind of getting at it earlier on when he talked about changing a culture. You know, no matter what job you are doing, you are impacting on lives. Once upon a time, I worked in a box packing factory in the Midlands. That might have been the kind of low point of my work in life. But you know what? It was great in many ways because I got to meet people. You might end up in a call center for a little while, you know, just you, a computer screen and a phone, but you're still talking to human beings that God made and loved and cares about, you know? And so all work touches people's lives and is a chance to make someone's day better. And who knows what conversations might come up. Work just puts you in touch with people. Work enables you to earn money. Now, earlier on, I said we don't want to kind of feel the pressure of the culture to, you know, get a good job, get a good salary, buy lots of stuff. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's not the way Jesus is calling us. But Jesus does call us to bless other people. And blessing them will often mean not being a burden. Let me read some scriptures from the New Testament. These are, these are from the pen of the Apostle Paul. And he says this, it's in 1 Timothy 5 verse 8. He says, if anyone does not provide for their relatives, and especially for the members of their household, they have denied the faith and are worse than an unbeliever. Oh, that is strong language, isn't it? Worse than an unbeliever. What's he getting at there? He's saying, you know, that we are to, to not be a burden on other people, but we are to provide and to care for those people that God has put in our responsibility. Because that's a way of loving them of serving them, of being kind to them. In 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 11 to 12, Paul says, Aspire to live quietly, and do mind your own affairs, and work with your hands, as we instructed you, so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. It is a good thing to, be, to not depend upon others, to not be a burden, but to be able to provide to be able to give, to be able to bless other people. Now, don't get me wrong, there's times in people's lives, you know, when things are hard and you need to be cared for. You know, when that six months I was off work, I was on benefits, I was on Job Seekers Allowance, and thank the Lord for that. It was a provision for me, you know, and there's no shame in that. Seasons where life you have to be cared for, but what the Lord wants for us is that we'd be those who give care to other people, yeah, that we would bless and serve and sometimes that means just tucking in and doing whatever job we've got to do. Working in a box packing factory, doing a stint in an office, cleaning toilets, whatever it is. Building on that, another reason we work that is key to thinking this thing through as a Christian is that we are called to serve. Jesus came to be our servant king. Yeah? Look at Philippians 2 sometimes. It's this beautiful picture how Jesus, he's God. He's got divine glory and yet he puts that to one side and he comes in the form of a human being like you and me and he comes not as a king, not as a celebrity, but to serve, to serve people. And so we're called to follow Jesus. That's what the Lord wants for us. That's God's purpose for your life. We often get kind of like stuck in the kind of small details. What's your purpose for me, God? You know, who am I going to be? Who am I going to marry? Like, where am I going to work? What country am I going to live in? And those things matter. You know, they're all good things. But God sees the big picture. And the big picture is you 
becoming like Jesus. You becoming as glorious and as beautiful, as culture-shaping as Jesus. That's his intention for you. And it doesn't always look big and fancy. We're called to serve. And so as we're thinking about work and careers as a Christian, we want to be thinking, how can I serve? Okay, it's time for another question for you guys to chew on. Have you ever considered work as a way that you can serve God and people? How might it change the way you look at work? Yeah, that was a double-barrel question, so let me read it again. Have you ever considered work as a way that you can serve God and other people? And how might that then change the way you view work? I want to give you like a nice four or five minutes to talk about that. Let's hear some thoughts. How does serving change our perspective on what work is? We're getting near lunch, aren't we? Let's dig deep, people. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it, Josh. Like, Jesus has served us. And so our serving comes from a place of receiving his love and service to us, you know. Like, when we see how he's loved us, how he's been patient with us, how he's sought us out, how he pays attention to the details of our life, how he forgives our sins, how he gives us hope. It's like as we see that, as that comes into our hearts, it starts to change them. And how we love Endure, Six months of enduring, uh, you know, some tough working conditions. And actually, uh, his wife was a Christian. He wasn't. But their marriage was going through a really hard time. And actually, in that brokenness, he ended up coming to church. And one day at work, he opened up to me. Uh, And I think he did because, unlike some of the other colleagues, like, I just kept trying to turn the other cheek and just let his kind of comments and his grumpiness just wash over me. You know, you just don't know what's going on. So even when we've got rotten bosses, Jesus still calls us to serve. Whilst, you know, also bearing in mind good boundaries, rest, and all of that stuff. I've got two more things I want us to talk about, and then maybe we have a bit of time for Q&A. Let's think about other forms of work. Um, because not all work is employed work, yeah? There's, there's things that Jesus calls us to do, which are going to require work and graft. But they're not always like in a workplace where you're getting a salary at the end of the month. What other, what other areas do you feel like Jesus might be calling us to work in? Just shout some answers out. Church? Yeah, absolutely. Where else? Home? Yeah, massive, yeah. Charity stuff? Yeah, like, you know, that could look like all sorts of different stuff, like serving people in the community, overseas stuff, yeah, all sorts of things. What was that, sorry? Youth groups, you say? Yeah, absolutely, yeah, different age groups in our community, yeah. Yeah, I suppose community in general. Schoolwork. Yeah, absolutely, like education. Absolutely. What else have I got down here? What about, like, culture? You ever think about that? Like, you know, Chappy over here may never get, you know, like a, a top 10 single. But maybe, you know, maybe Jesus actually invites him to engage in the music scene in his neighborhood um, and bless it and change it. And that might just be a side hustle, but it's something he works at 
and blesses other people's lives. That could be a huge thing, you know. Don't just think about the work that your life's about as, like, um, what you get paid for. Like my granddad. My granddad, he worked uh, in a woodwork factory, and he did that all his life. Um, And, you know, probably had minimal influence, but he also spent like 60, 70 years of his life investing in football across Leicestershire. And uh, you go to any football club, local football club in Leicester, and you talk about my granddad, Ivor Finn, and people know him and have all sorts of like hilarious stories about him because he spent a lifetime investing in people. And he wasn't a Christian, but he left a huge legacy of lives changed and enriched. And that wasn't his employed work. It could be someone like that for you, you know. You ever heard this idea of tent making? You ever heard people talk about that in church? I know we're at New Day and you're like, I don't want anything to do with tents ever again. Um, Tent making is a a term Christians use and it's referring to Paul in the Bible. So Paul, he went around and he started churches. But his profession, his job, his career was he made tents and he sold them. And that allowed him to have a salary to be able to feed himself, to not be a burden on other people. And so he did that employed work in order to do the work for Jesus. Yeah? And so for some of you, that might be what the Lord has for you. Your employment's not the main thing in your life. It's not the thing you get out of bed for, but it's the thing you've got to do in order to do that other thing that Jesus has called you for. Yeah? I want you to have a big vision of the work Jesus calls you for, not just nine to five what you're getting paid for. All of your life is meaningful to him. Let's think about, some t- let's think about calling. Let's think about calling. Because that's like a big thing, isn't it? You're trying to work out what's your calling in life. What, what is God calling you to do? What might be the kind of the career path that he's got for you that's tailor-made and all of that stuff? That's, you know, what we all want to know, isn't it? Um, and there's some good things about that way of thinking. And there's also some kind of hard things about that way of thinking. The good thing about it is, yeah, the Lord knows you. He cares for you. He's got good things for you. Every day of your life is written in his book. He has purposes that he wants to work out. But you know, that sometimes doesn't look like our kind of dream list of jobs and opportunities. Sometimes, as some of the people were saying earlier on, that means a lot of surprise. That means actually him taking us in directions we never thought we would go. My working life has taken some serious twists and turns. At one point, I thought I was going to be an academic. That stopped. I ended up working with homeless people for a couple of years. That's when my wife met me, and she thought that was cool. She liked that. She could dig it. After that, I then went and worked pastoring students for a little while. And then the Lord opened up the opportunity for me to go back into academic work. When I first met my wife, I'd come home from like a day of work being like, Interesting day, got held up knife point by a drug dealer. Now I come back and I'm like, oh, that was a really bad paper cut from that book. My wife was much more attracted to the, f- the former rather than the current situation. Um, you know, the Lord takes us in twists and turns and we don't always know. And he doesn't tell us what's coming next a lot of the time. Sometimes he does. Sometimes he speaks really clearly. But sometimes he gets you to wait on him to be patient, and to persist. As you heard last night when Brian was talking to us about prayer. 
Sometimes he leads us into seasons and we just don't know what that's about. I had a year working in an office in Canterbury. It was dull as. But you know what? Pretty much every day, Jesus was asking me this question. Am I enough for you? If you stay working in an office and you don't do anything, any, anything more exciting than that, am I still enough to satisfy you? And I was like, oh, yes, kind of, maybe. And he's like, okay, well, we'll, we'll keep working on that. We'll keep working on that. Maybe there's seasons like that for you. Another thing about this idea of calling is like sometimes we can get so hung up on God's got like one thing for me to do and I must wait on God and I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to sit at home watching YouTube until the Lord says to me, this is what I'm going to do. And, and I can think of a ton of problems with that. Two, I'm going to share with you. One, what a massive waste of time. <laughs> get out there and get busy. Don't just wait on the Lord to tell you this one thing. Two, God wants you to grow up and make decisions. I don't say that in like a kind of harsh way. He wants you to grow up and make decisions because he loves you. I got three kids. The youngest is Robin, yeah? At the moment, I tell him like what he's going to wear each day, what he's eating, when he needs to change his nappy, yeah? If I'm still doing that for him when he's 20, there's a problem. I've made a big mistake, yeah? I don't want to be changing his nappies on his wedding day. Because as a father, I want him to grow into maturity so he can make his own decisions. So he can choose things and make good decisions. I don't just want him to grow up so he can just do whatever he wants. I want him to grow up. And if I've done my job well, he's going to make good decisions. Choose what's going to bless other people. What's going to stand for justice and righteousness. And our Heavenly Father wants the same for you. And so sometimes... He's not going to say, it's this specific job down here. He's going to be training you so that you make decisions. And you have to think, okay, what's the best? What's righteousness look like in this situation? God does have purposes for your life, but it's not like a tightrope that you've got to like walk on and if you can't like diverge from. No, there's freedom for you to try some stuff out. Forget your hands dirty and busy. Ephesians 2, beautiful chapter talking about the grace of God, says this. We are his workmanship created for good works that he prepared in advance. Say with me, I am God's workmanship. Yeah, he's been at work in your life. And he's been at work in your life because he's got things for you to do. Yeah? He's got things for you to do. And I want to just throw out some questions to help you think what those those works might be. How is it that God's been working in you so that you might go into those works? I've got four of them. First question. What are you good at? What are you good at? Chap over here was like, I'd love to be a singer. I mean, I was like, you any good at it? He's like, no, no. You know, sometimes we might be like, yeah, I feel called to be like the main speaker at New Day every year. But actually, you know, if you don't know your Bible or like, you know, if just you completely freak out and go dizzy when you stand up on stage, maybe the Lord wants you to, you know, maybe that's what he, he does want to overcome those things. But the chances are that's not what he's calling you to do. 
Yeah, it may be a teaching thing in a different situation, different context. You know, yeah, like when we're chatting to the lady who was like, I'd like to be a florist. If you've got hay fever, maybe, you know, that's not the thing for you. What are you good at? What are you good at? How has God shaped you in a way that you're good at certain things? And that can change, of course, but it's worth thinking it through. Next question. What experiences set you apart for particular jobs? What have you experienced that gives you key insight into other people's experiences? I've got a mate who was fostered. Um, had some really horrendous experiences throughout his teenage years. He now counsels people who are going through fostering. And he's got a whole wealth of experience. He brings something to that job that I don't. Doesn't mean I couldn't do it, but it means he's, that's, he's gifted to do it, you know? And that's the Lord redeeming a lot of hard things to work through him. What can you do that no one else can? What can you do but no one else can. That's a really good way of thinking through. In this situation, this season of life, what is God calling me to do? What can you do but no one else can? And finally, who can you serve better than others can? What people are you uniquely positioned to reach out to and to bless that others aren't? Let me just whistle them again if you want to write them down. It's just something to ponder on. What are you good at? What experiences set you apart for particular jobs? What can you do that no one else can? Who can serve you better? Who can you serve better than others can? And I'd love it if you could get some time to chat about that. But what I want to do is I, I want us to kind of wrap up officially now. So I think I think let's just maybe shall we stand to our feet? Can I pray for you guys? Does that sound okay?